Praise you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, go with me quickly to Acts chapter 26. There's a little echo here. I guess you'll be working on it. It might be the monitors now. Um, Acts chapter 26. Something the Lord really put on my heart. I need to share with you. I believe it is so needed in this hour. And we need to get a hold of this. And I, it's just a, a simple, but such a profound area that, that we need to pray in. And we need to mature in. Say mature in. We need to grow in. We need to mature in. We need to grow in. And, and I know Brother Secretary is going to appreciate this. Acts chapter 26, verse 28. Paul is before King Agrippa. And it says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God, not only you, but also all who hear me today, might become, and both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. Then he had said, when he had said these things, the king stood up, as well as the governor and Bernice and those that sat with them. And when they had gone aside, they talked among themselves, saying, This man is doing nothing deserving of death or chains. Then Agrippa said to Festus, This man might have been set free if not appealed to Caesar. I want you to say this part with me, verse 28. You almost persuade me. Say that word with me, persuade. Go with me quickly to Acts chapter 13. Let me just give you a few scriptures here. Acts chapter 13. The Apostle Paul turned this world upside down. He accomplished so much in his time. And I want you to see here, and we'll just go through a few scriptures about him. In Acts chapter 13, verse 43. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Say persuaded. Persuaded. Go with me to chapter 18. Chapter 18, verse 13. Chapter 18, verse 13. Here they are there. Well, look at verse 12. Here's this guy, they're all talking and people are rising up against Paul. They brought him to the judgment seat and verse 13 says, This fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. Say persuade. persuade. Shout it out, persuade. persuade. Look with me, chapter 19. Chapter 19, verse 8. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some of them, some of them were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew to the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years. So all who dwelt in Asia all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body, from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. And some of the Jews' exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the same name of the Lord Jesus over those that evil spirits, and so forth and so on. But look with me in chapter 28, Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28, verse 23. So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading, shout out persuading, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets, and from morning till evening, verse 24, and some were persuaded by the things which, they were, that were, which were spoken, and some disbelieved. Some believed, some disbelieved. 
So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet saying, and he gave the word of God. Then he continued for two years. So forth and so on, as you could read in. I'll give you some scriptures there. I'll give you some more. But all of them were speaking about the Apostle Paul being able to persuade men. Now, we pray for this little sweetheart Wednesday night. She's go- she was going to the doctor this week with an aneurysm. And she went to the doctor. And the doctor took x-rays this week. MRI. They said something was wrong. They had an MRI. And they couldn't find anything. Couldn't see nothing. You shall not be denied. That's right. And and you said this morning that all the little veins that were supposed to be crisscrossed, they weren't crisscrossed. Nothing was there. Everything was perfect. Now, you know, how you know, if you try to talk her out of divine healing, she's allowed to knock you upside your face. She's persuaded. I'm looking at my sister over here. The last time I saw her, she was in a coma with tubes and things all over the place. Here she was this morning and tonight, praising the name of the Lord. Amen. And, and you can go all over through here and you can hear testimonies from everybody. And what this world needs to hear is a people who are persuaded that what the Word says it's nothing but the truth. And we will not go from the truth. We will not apologize for the truth. We will speak the truth because we're persuaded. Paul, you heard over and over, Paul was persuaded. Now, I was with Brother Ray's Sister Carolyn when this young, young heart surgeon came in their room and was talking to them and telling them about what he was getting ready to do. And... I agreed with Sister Carolyn. You'd want to ask him, well, how many of these open heart surgeries have you done? You're just a kid. Didn't you say that? Her daughter went to school with this open heart surgeon. I mean, you want to ask him, here he is, a kid. You want to ask him, okay, I know you got the paperwork on your wall. How many have you done? And how many have lived out of what you've done? you got to persuade me for you to completely cut off my heart, keep me alive on a machine, take that heart, take some veins from my leg, make some new veins, and then you're going to jumpstart me again. And you're the same age as my kid. I don't even let my kid in my kitchen. I'm going to let you inside my chest. That would be somebody, and, and I know, I'm just going to be bad tonight, and I'll hear about it later. But you've seen, you, you've seen Jerry Lewis glasses. You've seen those big, thick Coke bottle glasses, Jerry Lewis? I mean, Jake, how would you feel if you were going in for your bisectomy? And here comes this doctor with these big, thick Jerry Lewis glasses. And, and he goes, you ain't got to worry about, where are you? Oh, here you are. You ain't got to worry about nothing. It's going to be okay. Don't worry about nothing. Now, how many of you know he's already sweating? And if you want, then we'll do a reversal. And you may say, that's a bad example. Hey, boy, that touches home. this is going to work. Well, I had a doctor tell me that uh, he said, well, you got a chance. You got a chance of it working about from Lafayette to Lake Charles, the same chance you would be get hit by 18 wheeler. How many know that's not very persuasive? If you're going to be a good salesman, you got to be totally, totally, totally sure of the product you've got for sale. Well, uh, are you sure this car is going to do, it's got a 100,000 mile warranty. Uh, are, are you sure that, you know, it, it's a good car to buy? Well, I don't know, but we sell a bunch of them. <laughs> How much is this car? Uh, well, the sticker says 36. 
And you sure it's going to do good? Well, it should. We sell a bunch of them. What size of motor it's got? Well, it's got a motor. Is there another salesman on the lot? I mean, I just wanted you to see that, you know, we go around and we go, Oh, I'm a Christian. I believe God. Well, what do you believe? I believe God. What do you believe about God? Oh, well, there's God. Do you believe in healing? Well, I don't know. 50-50. Do you believe God wants to bless you? 50-50. Do you believe God is bringing revival to America? 80-20. Well, you know, how many know they ain't going to do much today? You got to be 100% persuaded what you believe. Because you know what you know what the people in legalism are saying? Take the information and come up with your own conclusion. That's what the liberals say. Get the information. Listen about Obama. Listen about Hillary. Listen about McCain. Listen about this one. Listen about these people. Listen about homosexuality. Listen about same self self same same. Same, same marriages. Listen to all this, and then you draw your own conclusions. And we must respect what conclusion you draw or will be considered a, a hate crime. You bunch of gumby turkeys. How many of you parents let your kids draw their conclusion when they started playing with matches at two years old? Huh? I don't think so. Paul, you heard it, chapter after chapter after chapter. He went in there. Some weren't persuaded, but did he quit trying to persuade? No, why? Because he was persuaded. And if we're going to do something today, we've got to be persuaded without a doubt what we believe. I know what I believe. I know I've been preaching, not only since 1981, what I've been preaching, but I know I've been preaching what I was taught since 1969. I'm persuaded and nobody's going to change what I'm persuaded of because I know it's true because it works. Why change what you believe if it works? Why didn't work for somebody? That don't matter. I know Jesus cannot lie. I know all the promises in God are yes and amen. I'm persuaded. And what's the matter is that we got a bunch of church folk. They're not persuaded. I don't know, you know, God, uh, God didn't give me the Holy Ghost, so I don't know if God, if tongues is really for today. You know, I don't know about those gifts of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm, I'm not persuaded that's God. You need to get in the Word, and you've got to get persuaded, not because I or anybody else says so. You need to see what Jesus has to say on it. You need to see what the Holy Spirit has to say on it. Amen. So you've got to learn. People say, oh, don't pressure people. Let them draw their own conclusions. Liberalism say it's wrong to try to change the way some people think. Don't force your ideas and beliefs. And this is going on a lot now. Don't force your ideas and beliefs on people. Oh, we don't want to say Merry Christmas in school because it might offend the, the Hindus and the Buddhists. But it's okay for them to say what they want to say. And, and, and we don't want to, we can't decorate our room Christian-like, but it's okay for them to come and bring their stuff and decorate it the way they want to. But, you know, we don't want to push our beliefs. Christians, why don't you learn to walk in love and just let people do what they want to do and y'all stay in y'all's churches and, and, and y'all just be real quiet and, 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 don't, and don't try to push your ideas on anybody. Jesus said, go into all the world. Preach. Shout, announce, get in there and shout what I have to say. But it's time to be persuaded, church. Amen? Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 9. Therefore we make it our aim 
whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. Now look at verse 11. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Does your King James say that? We persuade men, but we are well known to God. And I also trust all well known in your consciences. We persuade men. Take that oath with Paul. I persuade men. Knowing the terror of the Lord, I persuade men. Ezekiel says, if you know someone's in sin and you don't warn them, and if they die in their sin and you haven't warned them, then you're guilty of their blood. But if you know that they are wrong, you know that they are sin, and you warn them, and they don't listen, but you have warned them, then you are innocent and they will pay for the consequences of their own sin. But the thing you've got to understand, there is a terror of the Lord that we've got to go around persuading men and women what the Word of the Lord says about that situation. Amen. Now look at Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. You see, this is such a simple word, but it's like, man. You know, you look at this word, you write down the Scriptures. It's such a simple word, but boy, it's, it's a word for today. You're not sure what people really believe. You don't know if they really believe what they say they believe. Amen. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Here, somebody's gotten into a body with... The wrong doctrine. And in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, what well, we have preached to you, let him be accursed. What we have preached to you, let him be accursed if he's preached another type of gospel. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you that what you have received, let him be accursed. Look at verse 10. For do I now persuade men, say persuade, persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? Whoa. Do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Listen to the a New Living. I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Amen. But you've got to really be persuaded yourself. What you want to persuade others. Or when people come in and a spirit of control wants to come in the church. Or men's opinion. I'm going to take my tithe and leave. Well, you know where the door is. Or I'm going to go to some other church. All these things that has happened, you just go. Because I'm here persuaded to please God and not to please man. Because I'm persuaded what God told me to say. I'm persuaded what God told me to do. And it worketh. There are signs and wonders. There's manifestations. There are blessings. There's increase. There is growth. Why? Because I'm persuaded to be on God's side. And to say what God says to say. He said in Jeremiah 1, if you get scared, boy, and you don't want to say what I want to tell you, I'll make you a fool in front of the people. Don't be worried about their faces. You just speak what I tell you to speak. You persuade them. Some will hear, some will say, I'm almost here. I'm almost ready. Well, then you just keep pounding. At work. You know, you almost want to make me be a believer. Well, bless God, I'm going to keep on until you are a believer. You almost want me to go to your church. You almost want me to go to Brother Cedric's church. Just the way you are makes me believe there's something true about this life of Christ. Amen? Now look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. 
Hey, you ran well. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Verse 8. This persuasion. Say that with me. Persuasion. This persuasion does not come from Him who calls you. A little leavens the whole lump. I love what it says in the Living Bible. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teaching. God will judge that person, whoever he is, and who he has been confusing you. You know, there are, there are speakers that, that, that I, I haven't had back for years. They got up here, even in the old building. Even in the older, older building. They got up and they preached something. And when we took them out to eat, I said, hey, show me that scripture. Well, I can't. Why not? Because it's a revelation. So there's no scripture to back up what you told my church. No. Or they do use a scripture. I'll look it up in the Greek. I said, well, explain what you preached tonight. They're having a revival. We had a guy having a revival here. What you said is not... I've got three commentaries right here saying that it's wrong. Well, it's my revelation. Well, this is the way it was written by men inspired and breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. So you just won't preach again. You just won't come back to church again. And they call and they call and they say, you know, I've got other messages. I'm sure you do. Go somewhere else. But you done blew your chance. Because you're going to get here and you just want to sound like you got something new, but you can't back it up by the Word of God. Then guess what? You can't persuade me in my house. I'm not going to let you even try to persuade some sensitive sheep who might just believe what you're saying is the truth. You persuade me, then I'll persuade you. Amen, church. He's talking here. One error can get into the body and ruin the whole thing. One little bit of error. One little bit of man's interpretation can get in. And I'm not saying I've ever, I've always been perfect. God have mercy on me. I'm not saying I've ever been perfect. But I, I try. And I spend, God is a witness, I spend hours investigating, trying to make sure I am not in some error in something I'm going to present. So when I preach it, I'm persuaded about it. And God backs it up. But God wants not the fivefold ministry to be the persuading force in America. He wants the priesthood, the body, to be the persuading force. He wants you to be the persuading force in your family. He wants you to be the persuading force on your job. He wants these young people to be the persuading force in college and in school that what you believe, it works. Amen, church? Amen. thing we've got to understand about our position. The Saturian said, I am a man with authority under authority. And you know, you can preach that and it's preached so many different ways. But this is how I want you to think about this as what we're talking about tonight. I've got a responsibility to the person whose authority I'm under. I've got a responsibility to represent. I've got a responsibility to represent. I have a passion to represent the one whose authority I'm under. And if I, he, that Saturian told Jesus, I am a man with authority. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to this one, cometh, and he cometh. So just send the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He was so persuaded of his position and his authority that it got into his faith life. He was able to believe that if I am a natural man, even though I'm a Roman, if I'm a natural man with authority, under authority, and I can say he goes and he goes and comes and he comes, I am representing my authority well when it works because I'm persuaded of my position. Uh, it's time for us to be persuaded of our position to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We need to be persuaded that we are blessed and not cursed. It's time to be persuaded that the Word of God, that every promise in God is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you're not persuaded, you need to get in the Word until you are. You need to listen to the tapes until you are. I'm going to tell you that there's Norval Hayes taught us, and in his tapes you still can hear him teach it. He says there's some tapes you need to listen to 32 times before you get it. If you're not persuaded about something, there's free teaching on the Internet. 
There's free videos on the internet. There's Christian TV on TV. There's CDs and tapes. You name it. There's bookstores. You name it. We have it available. If you are not persuaded in some area or you're weak in your belief in some area, there is wisdom, knowledge, instruction, and understanding available to you in that area. Amen? We've got to learn to stay connected. Okay, so quickly I'll give you a few points here. Number one, how can I be of a persuasion? How can I persuade? Number one, if you're going to persuade somebody, this is the first point. You've got to be persuaded first. Now, I've already said that, but I want to touch it again. You've got to be persuaded first. I know there's, you, you could just sometimes talk to somebody and you're not very persuaded what they're saying. They're really persuaded of themselves. And so if we're going to really say something, we're going to say with boldness, and we're going to stand up in these final hours, we are going to have to be fully persuaded. That means what I believe is valuable to me. What I believe is valuable to me. Well, you know, you can come to my church and preach, but if you come to my church and preach, I don't want you to preach on that. Well, I'm sorry, because what you're telling me not to preach is so valuable to me. That the Holy Spirit tells me to teach it and you tell me I can't. I'm going with the Holy Spirit and not with you. I'm persuaded of what is valuable to me. What I love, what I truly hold in my heart. I have what is in, you, in, in my heart for you for your best interest. So I know my labor is not in vain. Little convinced or little persuaded means shallow in belief. If I'm not fully persuaded, I will be shallow in my belief where I stand. And when I'm shallow in my belief, people will not believe and people will back off. Because, you know, there, there, there's just something not real. There's just something not genuine. When I had addressed the people Thursday night uh, for uh, the graduation and all these people from many different denominations, some don't even go to church, some from many different backgrounds. I went praying. I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? He says, just be real. And I was given permission to talk about the church, that if you don't have a home church, come here. The Lord says, you don't have to give propaganda to people coming. Be real. If they want like what they see, they'll come. We had some today. I didn't say if you didn't have on church, come. I didn't even talk to the church. I just welcomed them and I blessed their kids and I gave a word. Just be real. Be persuaded. People can see if you're genuine or not. Amen? How many of you know we have the answers? How many of you know you go talk to somebody about your, car, your house and your car insurance? I've talked to people about house insurance before. They didn't convince me. I called another company. Well, that's what's happening. You ever hear of people that were at one time evangelicals and now they're Buddhists or they're atheists? Because they spoke to somebody who was not persuaded in convincing. Somebody who was sounding like, a, sounding like their pastor instead of sounding like Jesus on the inside of them. And it wasn't convincing in this hour that we're living in. We were on the mission field. Missionaries. We've seen six come and go in a month when we were in the Andes Mountains. Oh, when they were here in the country, they were convinced that they were called. But when they got down there, they were convinced, I made a mistake, I'm going back home. Kind of like a couple get married. And the honeymoon night, she looks over and says, Huh, I made a mistake, I'm out of here. You needed to be persuaded and she needed to be persuaded before you said, I do. Amen? Invest your heart totally into what you love. If I have a cause and a passion, then I will be persuaded. If I have a cause and a passion, I will be persuaded. What's your passion? When I talk to people who, who are in the different areas of ministry, when I talk to Brother Jake, I'm always listening. How much he says about the youth and how much he talks about the, the worship. Because my thermometer is on how much he says about those things. And I talk to Brother Shane, and we're talking. I'm listening. How much he brings up the children, and how much he brings up the children's ministry. Because my thermometer 
weighs his passion by how much he talks about what is in his heart. He persuades me he's the right man for the job how much he talks about his passion where he's at. People say, oh, Pastor, I want to be used in this area. And I spend some time with them. And it doesn't even take an hour to see if they're really passionate about what they say they're passionate about. Convince me you're the person for the job. How many of you have ever had to do that on a job? Convince me you're the right person. Amen? Okay, number two. If we're going to be people that persuade people, I want to talk about number two. And this is out of regular books for business people. Appearance. Appearance. And immediately I know your mind goes to clothes and this and that and the other. And it's true. Listen, it's hard it's hard. It would be hard to listen and be persuaded by somebody who stinks. It would be hard to listen and be persuaded by somebody who still has the sleepers in their eyes and egg in their beard from breakfast. Those type of people are very persuasive. But how about believers? I'm, I'm going to get in trouble here. But how about believers? Let's preach against that smoking. Let's preach against that drinking. And let's preach against that sin. But you know you weigh over 350 pounds. For example, I'll just tell you the truth. It is hard for me to listen to preachers, and there's a bunch of them, who preach on fasting and they're over 300 pounds. Why do you fast? Vegetables? That's <laughs> true. I'm being honest tonight. I'm just being transparent tonight. I'll pay and go to a conference and they, their theme is fasting. And now, now there's medical problems, okay? I'm not making fun. There are medical problems, uh, totally. I mean, there's diabetes, there's all kinds of things. There's things, reasons why sometimes it's like that. I, I'm not making fun of that. But, but I usually get to eat with the ministers. And so I find out it's not a medical problem. It's three plates. Now, you're going to preach to me about fasting, but you got three plates, and you sit in your armor bearer for some more ice cream. <laughs> I've seen this all over. I've, huh? We've seen this. So, you want to convince me about fasting, but your appearance is ter- telling me you don't practice what you preach. Appearance. I believe we're supposed to be... I, I believe... Y'all, y'all be quiet. That's not a very good appearance. I believe we're supposed to be in fashion. Huh, brother? You went, to, you went to college for fashion. I believe we're supposed to be in fashion. It don't make us who we are, but I believe we... And, and, and you say, oh, there you go about clothes. No, no, I'm talking about projectors and lights and parking lot and buildings. A special lighting, a special projectors. I'm talking about appearances of the building. Clean, modern, new, contemporary. I'm talking about a minister having a, a clean, nice vehicle. I'm talking about a minister who goes around preaching on marriage. Once in a while needs to have his wife with him. Hello. <laughs> Appearances. What's he doing out at two o'clock in the morning by himself? Appearance. Appearances. What's he doing getting his feet done with the Vietnamese and flirting with them while they're doing his toenails? I don't understand that. I won't say no names. It ain't me. I don't want nobody touching my feet. <laughs> Appearances. I can tell, boy, he loves his wife. She loves her husband. 
I can tell they love the Lord. I had Brother Art tell me a while back about a person who acted very, very spiritual, but I knew him personally through some situations. And one day, Brother Art told me he saw this guy in a parking lot hollering and acting like a total maniac. But yet in church, you could raise their hands and praise the Lord and hallelujah. But out of the church, just raging bull appearances. Persuade or don't persuade. I think I've bothered quite a bit there. Is it true or not? You know, a lot of people say, and this is a cop-out, a lot of people say, well, you know, people ought to learn just to judge my heart. Forget it, baby. People are not going to judge your heart. Only God sees your heart. Well, they're a true Christian, they'll just be judging my heart. They don't know your heart. All they know is that you pulled the head out of your kid at Kmart. The appearance. I'm just the most loving, patient person you've ever seen. And now their kid's bald. Well, you know, you've got to know my heart. Uh, people won't judge you by your heart. I mean, they get to know you, they will. But appearances says a lot. Amen? You still love me? Hallelujah. Number three, attitude. Attitude. And when I talk about attitude, I'm going to get you mad. Paul says, I persuade, and even the heathen would get persuaded. But can you imagine if Paul would get in front of King Agrippa and say, You know, I knew this day was coming. I just knew I was going to die. My life has been so bad. My life is terrible. I don't want to live. How many know depressed people aren't very persuasive? <laughs> Come on. Y'all don't go nowhere. Don't leave me. But it's the truth. Negative people. Negative people are not very persuasive. Well, you know, he said we we're going to do this, but you know, I don't know that's going to work. I've had negative people talk to me from the beginning, but we're still here. Amen. Depressed people, but we're still here. Amen. And if I'm attacked with depression, I need to overcome it because I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. If I'm negative, I need to learn to refrain my tongue and speak only that which edifies. Amen. I mean, we need to be optimistic and not pessimistic. Amen. So our attitude has a lot to do. We're the just shall live by faith. So our attitude. How about complaining? Complaining people aren't very persuasive. Like, you know, that person, you know, that person, this people, that, that just gets to me. Complaining doesn't persuade people. I just don't like this. I just don't like that. Complaining people do not persuade other people about the word negative report, feelings. How many of you know, know most de depressed people, listen to this, you talk about persuading people, most depressed people want to get out of their hole of depression. So they're praying, Lord, send somebody to me today because I'm in this hole and I'm a new Christian and I need somebody to come by and encourage me and get me out of this hole. And here comes this believer who's been in, in the church for a long time. He comes by and he gets in that hole and he just helps you dig it deeper. And said. And they're going, Lord, I actually sent somebody who helped me get out of here. And, and this person's making me believe they're worse off than me. Am I in the right religion? Am I believing the right thing? Here's this believer. How long? I tell you, brother, I've been saved 25 years. And oh, the valleys are low. Oh, the valleys are low. And I don't think we'll ever get out of here. But if we stand together and you cry on my shoulder and I cry on your shoulder, one day the end is going to come. 
Listen to some of the music out there for sale. That's what they're singing. Woe is me. Hit me with a sledgehammer. Hope. How many know we need to give them hope for a better day? Amen. I already told you, you know, that man-hating spirit. All men are the same. Amen, sister, they are. I've had four of them and a daddy, and they're all the same. <laughs> no. Amen. If you, if you really don't know one good man, talk about Jesus. He was a man, and he was a good man. I need you to write down these things. We need to be positive, full of faith, full of love, warm, open, kind, and enthusiastic. Let me talk about warm. I mean, nobody wants a cold shoulder, amen? To be warm to somebody. Open, to listen to them. Kind. Be more aware of them. Let people get close to them. Enthusiastic. Well, you know, I just got up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, get back in and get out on the other side of the bed. Enthusiastic. That's what I love about our greeters. Thank God I can say every time I see our greeters up front, they're enthusiastic. And, and, and how many of you know the Bible says everything you find your hand to do, do it with all of your might. You know, I thank God for our worship team. And they're even getting more and more enthusiastic. And I'm, the people, everybody, everybody, all of us, out here is getting more enthusiastic. I believe we ought to come to church and be excited. Yeah, Instead of, you know, boy, you know, this is the time and come and talk. Well, you know, I almost didn't come this morning. I was tired, hot. Yeah, you know, I almost didn't come either. Well, just stay home. But isn't it amazing? They come in church and you hear people talking. And they tell me in my face, Pastor, you lucky I'm here tonight. I guess I am lucky. Where's the quarter? Heads or tails? You know, Pastor, you're lucky I came tonight. Boy, I almost didn't feel like coming. Boy, you're lucky. God, God ought to give me an extra star on my list there. And they tell me that before service. And then, you know, I sweat 10 gallons of sweat. We worship. We pray everything. And then when they're leaving church... Boy, I'm glad I came tonight. Hallelujah. Boy, I tell you, I feel sorry for so-and-so. They should have been here and they told me they were going to stay home and watch the game. Oh, man, they don't know what they missed. And you hear them after church, after they're all pumped up and encouraged. But when they first got in here, man, I could have stayed home. Boy, that iced tea looked good. and There was gun smoke or something on TV. I should have just stayed home. How many of you know when you learn to be enthusiastic? How many of you know being positive brings promotion? Amen. And so we've got to learn how to be positive. We need to enhance ourselves, enhance others. And number four, I want to end with passionate. I've touched this, but I want to touch Being on fire. Not just doing something, but burning with something. And that's what I'm praying. We have gone six months. The Lord told us the first of the year. He says this church is going to go through a maturing, and you're going to see maturity. And I have. I have seen a number of us in ministry, and a number of you have come in. We've seen a maturing in this body in the six months. And I believe we, there's come a maturing to go into a burning, a zeal, an enthusiasm about the things of God. What is your ministry? It's children. What is your ministry? Man, it's cleaning the restrooms. What's your ministry? It's working the sound machine, sound booth. What's your ministry? It's working with Royal Rangers. What's your ministry? It's working with the missionettes, the little girls. What's your We need to burn with zeal and be excited. You know, instead of, what's your ministry? Oh, I work with the little devils back there. You know? Enthusiastic. God invested in each one of us to find out. We need to find out what He put in us that really comes on alive. Without passion and fire, we will not be able to persuade others. It's time not to hold back and let go what God has put within us. How many of you know David was passionate? He said, is there not a cause? You need to say that every time. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? 
I'm, you're, you may be going through a battle, but there is a cause because you're going to bring that giant down. You're reproaching the enemy. You're repro- you, 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 you make bringing the name of God on a reproach. You're trying to belittle the name of God. You're trying to belittle the children of Israel. You're trying to put down church and raise up liberalism. You're trying to sell this and sell that. You're trying to tell us who have the truth how we're to do it. I say in the name of Jesus, the devil is a liar. This is what the way says. This is what the word says. And there is no way we're going to compromise or turn that off. Passionate passionate about what we're doing. You need to be passionate about coming to church. You need to be... You ought to have a smile on your face. I see people all the time coming to church. Man, they look like they're going to a funeral. And they got that Bible on their back dashboard. The oil's already been taken out of it. Just the oil from the sun just ruined that Bible back there. You know they're going to church, but... Going to church. Is there not a call? There's a passion to change things. There's a passion to change things. There's a passion to change things. Passion about the singles. Passion about making copies of these CDs and knowing they're going to the soldiers and, and, and missionaries around the world and helping people. Passion about driving to Oakdale. Go and preach the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. Passionate what God has told us to do. How can I do a better job? What can I do to please my God? How can I burn brighter? How can I become more persuasive? Amen. How can I become more persuasive? That's what God's calling us to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Without... Without passion, we won't change. Let's stand up. Oh, I went a little over time. Go ahead, baby. You're talking about depression, and depression is a type of persuasion. And if you can persuade yourself to stay depressed for a while, you can sure persuade yourself to come out of it. Yeah. It's persuasion in the opposite direction. That's good. Now, I remember a, a little story about a preacher that was preaching and couldn't draw a crowd. And uh, down in on Main Street in town, they had this clown that was performing, and he had all the crowd of people. So the preacher went down to talk to the clown, and he said, Why is it that you draw such a big crowd and I can't? And the clown looked at him and he said, Because I preach a lie like it is the truth, and you preach the truth like it's a lie. <laughs> I know Brother Patrick's never done it, but it's exactly true what she says. Sometimes, no, not, not that part. Sometimes, the part about depression. Sometimes, I've just, I've wanted to stay there a little while. And I have a wife who don't let me get away with it. Doesn't that tear you up? No, I know you don't have that trouble. But, you know, I want to be depressed a little while. We only had a few people at church tonight. I don't think I'm doing good. I want to quit. I'm going back overseas where they love me. Nobody loves me here. And I keep on and keep on like, baby, you going to encourage me? She just stays there. Okay, well, I just feel like dying, baby. I feel like quitting. She don't answer. Heck, gummit woman. I'm thinking, why don't you encourage me? Don't you hear I'm crying out for encouragement? And she says, you know, she's thinking like this. You're digging yourself in and dig yourself out of it. Because I'm not going to get you addicted to me to get you out of your depression every time you get depressed. You're going to keep on looking at all the bad things. Think of the ones who were there. Think about the testimonies of the people who were there. a few times she gave in to me to encourage me. She goes, baby, do you see the awesome facilities we have? Yeah. Didn't you want a fountain? Don't we have a fountain? Yeah. Well, well it wasn't, wasn't it great to see so-and-so there? Yeah. Well, didn't you feel the presence of God come in there? 
Yeah. You know, it, we can decide to be happy like we decide to be depressed. And when my mom and dad got in the faith message, they quit believing in doctors. This was back in the 70s where they taught strongly against doctors. And so when me and my brother would get sick, we used to tell my mom. My mom laughed about this all the time. I used to tell my mom, it's just not fun getting sick here anymore. You don't give us no pity. When I used to get sick, they'd bring wash rag and put it on my bed. Honey, you want some coke? Yeah, mom, mom, on my head. And uh, my mom used to take care of me and spoil me when I was sick. But then when she got into faith, they prayed and said, okay, now you believe God. You die and we'll bury you tomorrow. You just believe God. And I thought, man, it's not fun to be sick anymore. And however, we decide that we want to live. Let's be persuaded. I'm persuaded I know in whom I believe that He is able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. Come on, raise your hands and praise the Father. We praise You tonight and we thank You that like the Apostle Paul, we're going to run our race. We're persuaded of the way, the truth, and the life. We're persuaded of what you've called us to do. We're passionate about what you put within us. And we're burning in a fire and a flame for what you put on the inside of us. I praise you that every person, every child, every minister, every ministry, every ministry of help and servitude is excited, enthusiastic, and just sold out to what they're called to do. I praise you, Father, that just by our attitude, our appearance, our action, our passion, we were able to persuade men and save them from loss, save them from hell, save them from destruction. Make us a persuading power in central Louisiana. I praise you for your people and I'll bless them. In the name of Jesus Christ. I give you praise and glory that we are coming out of the pit and we're walking in those high places on the rock. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, don't go nowhere. If you have a need, we'll be up here to pray for you.